0: You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, kids across Monroe County are gearing up for the first day of school, but a national teacher shortage is likely to have local impacts.
1: My major concern is, what message does it send children?
0: And a growing movement to cancel late fees at the library grows momentum. But not everyone is on board.
2: People are lazy. When you get free books for nothing, accountability is everything. Nobody's held accountable.
0: All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Vox Recording and Production, presenting Legacy Cast. Audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity. Produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at rocvox.com. Schools everywhere are grappling with a shortage of teachers, and Rochester is no different. After two years of a pandemic that changed education for so many kids, parents and students are wondering what to expect in the coming academic year. My colleague Noelle Evans looked into this. She spoke with one teacher who decided to leave the profession and learn more about what solutions might be in reach. She has this story. This past school year was Kiana Joseph Muhammad's
3: last with the Rochester City School District.
2: I was realizing that I was spending way more time doing my work that pays me as a teacher than I was actually being a parent to my own kids.
3: She was a high school English teacher and had been an educator for 14 years. A lot of things led to her decision to leave. Things that the pandemic amplified, she says, like lacking support staff and a general disregard for teachers' work.
2: It was really hard during the era of COVID to watch a lot of the commentary that was taking place in the news and on social media. The fact that we made this choice, so we should just deal with the choice that we made.
3: She says it was demoralizing.
2: It's like we made this choice to try to set a foundation for uh, our future as a society, because every single career comes from being taught something.
3: Money was also a factor. Mohammed says salaries that don't reflect the value of educators' work also took a toll. She was working part-time on top of teaching full-time. According to the Economic Policy Institute, when you adjust for inflation, teacher salaries have increased by just $29 a week since the mid-90s. That's as of 2021. Jolene DeBrango is the vice president of the New York State United Teachers Union.
4: I think that for far too many years, um, we as a society just haven't prioritized public education And the fact that public education really unites all of us, it is the bedrock of our democracy.
3: In the Rochester City School District, nearly 200 teachers resigned or retired last school year. And it reflects a national trend. DeBrango says there are possible measures that districts can take to help prevent the burnout that often leads to teachers leaving. We definitely know that for too long, teachers have not been respected as the professionals that they are. They're not always given all of the supports that they need to support students. She says longer mentoring programs, smaller class sizes and more student mental health supports could offset some of the burden on teachers. But even getting enough counselors is tricky because there were too few mental health professionals in the state to meet the demand. East High School Superintendent Sean Nelms says in all of this, students are suffering. And he warns there could be lasting consequences if these issues are not resolved soon.
1: When I hear about teacher shortages, I hear about classrooms not being filled. You know, there is a side to that where you're like, okay, like structurally, people aren't going to be in there. How are you going to move people around? Like schools can figure that out and do a band-aid job to make sure there's an adult in front of the kids. My major concern is, what message does it send children?
3: Nelm says he wouldn't be surprised if a learning gap emerges between students, depending on who is at the front of the classroom.
1: It would be interesting to see students who went through their first month of school having more substitute teachers than full-time teachers and how they experience school, compared to a kid who has their permanent teacher in there from day one. It's different. Classrooms decorated differently, right, because the teacher owns the space as opposed to coming to a room with blank walls. It's, it's a different entry point into the learning experience for the entire year.
3: Over the summer, RCSD has held job fairs to recruit teachers and staff ahead of the school year. As of mid-August, out of over 350 vacancies, nearly 250 classroom teachers
0: have been hired. Noelle Evans is the education reporter for WXXI News.
2: this is Megan Mack from WXXI, and if you're enjoying Earshot, subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. Catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson wherever you find your podcasts.
0: So if you've ever used a library, you've probably had to deal with late fees at one time or another. But they can be a real financial burden for some especially when they start to pile up. Imagine a world with no late fees. That's becoming a reality for a few libraries in Monroe County, starting in September. My colleague Beth Adams spoke to some people about it. She found out it's part of a growing trend, both nationally and locally, but there's still some debate about whether it's the right thing to do. She has this story.
2: On a recent morning at the Henrietta Public Library, Johnny Carlson and Jordan Mayo are checking out some books at the main circulation desk. All right, there you are, August Say thank you. Thank you. Their books are due back August 31st, but if they're not returned by then, they won't owe any late fees. The Henrietta and Rush Public Libraries are doing away with fines for overdue materials for all borrowers, kids, teens, and adults. The new policy takes effect September 1st.
4: I certainly, as a new librarian, 23 years ago, (laughs) I didn't ever see this even being
2: possible. That's Adrienne Pettinelli, director of the Henrietta Library. She says people's understanding of poverty, trauma, and social justice have evolved in the last two decades. And for her, eliminating the fines is a matter of access and equity. First, there's the cost. Library patrons are charged 35 cents for every day a single item is overdue. It doesn't sound like much.
4: But the example I like to use, you know, if you're a family of five, very common scenario, and everybody checks out five books, if they're three days late, that adds up to over $25.
2: Under the current rules, library patrons who owe $20 or more lose their library privileges until the fines are paid off. Pettenelli says it's families who are most likely to be late in returning books and other borrowed items. Over in the library's children's section, Tamika Stewart nods knowingly. She's there with her daughter, Aria.
4: A lot of people, they forget sometimes that they even have the books. Once I had a niece staying with me and I rented two books for her, and she left, she went to New York City with the books, and I had to go there and get it.
2: Patinelli says she hears these stories all the time. The kinds
4: of things we see are, you know, a parent who's standing in front of us telling a kid, you can only check out two items because I'm worried we won't get them back on time.
2: Patinelli and Kirsten Flass, director of the Rush Public Library, say by working together with their respective library boards to eliminate fees, they have the potential to increase library access for all families within the Rush Henrietta Central School District, where 46 percent of the students are economically disadvantaged. The libraries are still collecting fines for lost and damaged items, but by wiping out the late fees, they expect to see increased use of the library, especially among children, teens, and senior citizens. Rush and Henrietta will be the first public libraries in Monroe County to eliminate all late fees. Seven others don't charge for children's and teens' materials that are turned in late. While a growing number of libraries around the U.S. are doing the same, some still have reservations about the policy. Jennifer Reese Taggart, executive director at the Brighton Memorial Library, says she's not entirely adverse to going fine free, but she worries about potential unintended consequences. One is the economic impact of losing revenue from overdue charges, which she says totals tens of thousands of dollars a year in Brighton. And there is also a larger overarching issue of the library's collection is paid by the taxpayer dollars, and I think we have a responsibility to protect that investment. In Henrietta, revenue from overdue charges has been steadily decreasing in the last decade. Patinelli says that's due to electronic reminders and easy online renewals. Also, ebooks that don't result in late charges because they automatically return themselves. Still, Reese Taggart thinks a ban on late fees could be unfair to those who have to wait for a book because the last person who borrowed it has no financial incentive to return it. Murray Weaver, who is browsing the fiction section at the Henrietta Library, put it more bluntly. People are lazy. Old-fashioned, I believe they should charge. When you get free books for nothing, accountability is everything. Nobody's held accountable. But Patricia Utaro, director of the Monroe County Library System and the Rochester Public Library, says while that may be simple for some, it's more complicated for others. She heard about a woman who came into Central Library one night who had to decide between paying off what she owed in late fees so she could borrow books she needed for school, or... Pay her bus fare to get home.
4: Sometimes people who don't have economic challenges don't understand that. Can't solve poverty, but the library can do something that makes it a little less challenging for people.
2: Utara says she has been encouraging fine-free policies for years, but the Rochester Library Board hasn't reached a consensus on whether to expand this to include all users of city library branches. Back in Henrietta, Adrienne Pettinelli says she'll keep her eyes open for any long-lost items that might make their way back onto the library shelves. Once people hear, they no longer will have to pay a hefty fine.
4: About five years ago, we got back an actual LP record from back when we circulated those, which was, you know, decades ago. So these things do pop up already.
0: Beth Adams is the host of Morning Edition on WXXI. And that's it for Earshot. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You'll get new episodes automatically in your feed every Friday. Find even more local news on our website, wxxinews.org, and follow us on Twitter, at WXXI News. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.